Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to address some of your gardening queries. Joining me later, a really good grower who I've held in high regard for many years. From Cowell's Garden Centre in Newcastle-on-Tyne, it's Alan Cowell. Our thanks to Sutton Seeds, sponsors of this week's podcast. Once again, of course, we refer to the weather. Boy, I got drowned several times last week. And even so, on my heavy soil, it hasn't gone in that far. But it's gone in far enough that the growth will be really sappy now. Strong new growth. And all that lush foliage and stems is, of course, perfect food for green fly and every other coloured fly. So keep an eye on their breeding like mad in that really warm temperature. And as soon as you see one or two, just give them a spray late evening in the dusk so that uh, by the time the sun rises the next day to break those uh, short-lived insecticides down the job will be done and you won't be harming pollinators and of course it's chelsea flower show this week i was in amongst the judges on the new products and the first prize went to a greenhouse with no glazing bars at all and if you hit a cricket ball against it the glass won't break costs three and a half thousand so a bit out of most of our pockets but the runner-up is a very clever little hip trug little plastic sort of pocket thing that just clips on your waistband and when you're picking soft fruit or doing dead heading you can work both hands and just drop the stuff straight into these little trugs it'll cost you less than 15 pound to pick up one of those from uh, the bergen and ball company can't really be as modest as perhaps i should on the chelsea flower show plant of the year 2017 because it happened to be on our exhibit it's the new mulberry charlotte Russe. You know, mulberry trees take, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years to grow big enough to start to fruit. And when they do, they only fruit in one go. Now, the new mulberry will fruit on young growth, just um, a foot or so high. And it fruits from June right through to the frost. I mean, it's a tremendous innovation. Gentlemen in Japan been working for years trying to uh, breed this compact container grown soft fruit for the balcony and the patio. A close runner-up was uh, another plant we had, strawberry just add cream. It's fantastic, the uh, fragrance from it and the taste of the old woodland strawberry and then sweetness to go with it. I also heard that uh, Johnny Walker, the Narcissus man, had a a commission from uh, Cardiff. Apparently there's some big match or something going on there in a week or two's time and they want daffodils for some of the... uh, spectators to wear and he i think will have three and a half thousand cut daffodils in june amazing what these fellas can do great specialist johnny walker i've got a little pear called little sweetie just grows straight upright and forms eventually something like a cone 
perfect tree for a container. And I thought I was very lucky in its third year to have a nice lot of flower, got the flower pollinated and little fruit set, and then I noticed this week it's got pear midge. Boy, life can be frustrating in the garden. Now, pear midge is a little tiny uh, insect, lays an egg in the developing fruitlet, and the fruit then gets a bit distorted, and there's little tiny, and I mean tiny, larvae in those pears, and they drop. I mean, one thing you can do on a small scale is to put a sheet underneath the tree so that when they drop, you gather up those uh, fallen and infected fruits and burn them or destroy them. If you're going to control with sprays, timing it has to be absolutely precise. You spray at what we call white bud. That's when the flowers are showing white, but they haven't opened. And at that point, if you use uh, one of the fruit and veg insecticides, it will knock the adult midge out and will, after a season or two, at least reduce the population sometime. I don't know what to do with my little tree. I'm tempted to put it in a, a tube of horticultural fleece so the little midges can't get at my flowers. But then, of course, there's the pollinating. But uh, I'll have to do that by hand, I suppose. Now, there's lots of other things that we can be getting on with. And now the weather has turned really quite wet in many parts of the country. There's plenty of seed sowing to do, plenty of planting to do. Whatever happens, try and keep on top of the weeds. You know, if they can be hoed off while they're small or pulled up while they're small, it makes life so much easier. I'll be sowing my second batch of runner beans. Uh, there's usually four weeks between the two sowings so that I get a, a really good length of harvest. But it's the time to start on all those biennial flowers that we raise from seed. And here I'm thinking of things like uh, Iceland poppies, Canterbury bells, East Lothian stocks. Not enough people grow that. Boy, they are fragrant, beautiful things. So sowing a few of those now will give you plants to put out in September and they'll be in flower at this time of year. Uh, and the same really with Sweet William and Foxglove and some of the perennials. I really like the long-spurred Aqualegia or Granny's Bonnet. And if you sow seed of those now, they'll make really nice meaty sort of plants by the autumn and they'll be in flower this time next year. They're a great plant to grow for cut flower. They last quite well in water and they're really elegant if you grow the long spurred flowered kinds. Now today I'm very fortunate, somebody I hold in very high esteem, uh, Mr. Alan Cowell, who comes from the northeast. Now, Alan, yours is a family business up there, isn't it? It certainly is. It's um, started uh, by my wife and I, and uh, over a period of time, our three children have all started off in the garden centre. Two are now running it virtually 100%. Mavis and I have taken a sidestep. I can't, I can't believe you've retired entirely, you know, you're, no. not, you're not that sort of chap. Once you've worked seven days a week, Peter, all the hours God sends. <laughs> um, it is not easy <laughs> to continue being away from it. When I'm very busy, I get a call to say, Dad, can you, will you? And that's, <laughs> and but, that's what we do. But that's what dads are for, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's what parents are for, and uh, the 
also there the the request for can you have you got some money can you do this oh i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> never seems to stop now to help our listeners alan can you sort of tell us where you are i mean you're north of newcastle on Tyne, aren't you northwest um quite close to newcastle airport well very close i guess to um an estate called Darris Hall in Pontyland, right? So that which would... is quite well known, and is on most morning maps, uh, people would see the size of this estate. Yeah. Where all your footballers hang out. Oh, is it from Newcastle and Sunderland? So, so all the moneyed people are That's out there. That's where the money people are. <laughs> now, now, Alan, when I was working in Teesside for a few years, shoppers didn't cross the Tees. Is that the same with you? I mean, exactly do you... the same. If you're born and bred on the north of the town, you stay there. On the south of the town, that's Mackham country. <laughs> not many people like going to Sunderland. And Sunderland don't like coming that side. Strange, isn't it? It's very strange. Peter, I know I know Sunderland pretty well. Although I haven't worked every day virtually all my life. Uh, there's lots of places I don't know. But Durham... Over the river, I know very little. <laughs> Great certain places, but I do know it's a beautiful county, Durham. But but when you and your wife started, was it um, a bedding plant nursery, or, or did you go straight into sort of garden centre business? No, 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 no. When I first started, I I was a sub-postmaster, Peter, growing dahlias for exhibition. Oh, really? I was fortunate that the garden I had with the post office was quite a reasonable size. And uh, that's how I really got into uh, into horticulture. And we sort of said, uh, we're not going to get a lot of uh, success with this post office with three children, three young children. And we started selling some horticultural products from the shop. And I had the uh, plot of garden out at the back where I grew the dahlias. Tell you something which you'll probably never remember, Peter. In fact, I'm sure you don't remember. But I was exhibiting down in London at the uh, the National Dahlia Show. And you came up to me about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and had a chat. Well, that's, that's amazing. Well, it certainly amazed me. We were over the moon. What Peter Seabrook? Oh, we've hit the big time. And uh, I've never forgotten that. <laughs> I had forgotten. You know, I certainly was used to getting up early. I mean, in the... Uh, 60s and 70s, we did uh, 40 flower shows a year, I think. And on one occasion, came up to Newcastle when the Royal Show used to move from county to county. I remember it took us a day and a half in the lorry to go from Chelmsford up to... Uh, it, it, I think it was up there near the race course or something. Terribly yeah, windy site. Yeah. Well, it was in the early 70s where I was exhibiting dahlias. Well, that's amazing. I've forgotten that. no. Well, uh, I'm very pleased to be reminded. Yeah. <laughs> and they were great days, weren't they? Don't you think? Oh, they certainly were. But, um... Boy, you win a prize at that London show, you won something. The quality was unbelievable. And knowing you've got to continue keeping quality has held me in really good stead uh, ever since we uh, put our foot into the garden, well, the nursery industry, store garden centre industry. Without the quality, you'll never succeed in my eyes. You know, we've got a, a cracking good business now that uh, the family are keen to continue with. 
and um, it's all about quality, quality, quality. Without question. And I think perhaps I should explain that that, um, there's an organisation called the Garden Centre Association that has independent inspectors that go around inspecting all of the member garden centres and they give points. And at the end of the year, there are awards given, particularly for the Ruxley Rose for plant quality. Now, cows have featured in that pretty well, haven't they? I, don't, I think we're uh, probably light years ahead of anybody. We've uh, managed to achieve seven years running, winning the uh, the Garden Centre Ruxley Rose Award. I mean, that's Alan, that's unbelievable. It's seven well, years running. When you think of the really big names in Garden Centre business right across the country, that cows up in the northeast could win that Ruxley Rose seven times. That's unbelievable. Didn't come immediately, but... Um, Ever since we joined the Garden Centre Association, we've always supported going to conferences, listening, talking to people, and it's just a wonderful association for anybody that's interested in uh, plants especially. We've often been the bridesmaid, Peter. <laughs> um, but then somewhere along the line, we must have found the uh, reason for success, and uh, it becomes harder each year. To keep to the top of the tree. Uh, it, it is always, isn't it? Always harder. somebody wanting to knock you off, but yeah. that's great. But shouldn't you give someone else a chance? I mean, yeah. it's <laughs> seven, seven years. <laughs> yeah. We've, uh, we were, I think we would quite like to, to be honest. But um, they've got wonderful staff and uh, they really commit themselves to doing their best for the business. Now, where are you in terms of season? Because when I left home today... We got the laburnum trees in full flower. I've got the first lupins and peonies in full flower. I'm cutting sweet peas. How does that match with uh, the season with you in the northeast? You'll be a week or two behind, presumably. We certainly are. I mean, we've got to be very careful on the uh, garden centre about when we start selling bedding plants. And I'm a bit of a stickler um, for saying if I've got one, I must have probably 200 beware of frost notices and up here you, you, you just got to adhere to that I'm probably the only garden centre a retail horticultural outfit that sticks quite rigidly end of May is the time the end of May for bedding really we're, yeah. we're just starting to for all beddings going back over as regards uh, the volumes that we used to sell People's time just doesn't seem to allow it to get more and more people planting containers, etc. The days of bedding, I'm afraid, are certainly receding quite rapidly. And I think that's a pity. I mean, I've just come from I've just come from the Chelsea Flower Show. I think four square meters of begonia sempervirens in full flower. Uh, I mean, they're such easy natured plants. They perform so well in all kinds of conditions. I think people shouldn't give up on bedding. In my eyes, the begonia femmes are the uh, number one bedding plant. Because even up here, they'll still be in flower in November. Yeah. And that can be barred from, uh, even if we say the end of May, all the way through into the back end of November, which is uh, quite remarkable for the cost of them. I've still got begonias in full flower, I'm sorry to say. 
Oh, have you? Yeah. Hostas are hostas aren't too far through. I mean, I've got hostas now in full leaf. Oh, yeah. we've we've uh, we're not so lucky, but um, yeah. well, except I've got fig where the frost just burnt the leaves back. You know, t- ten days ago or so, well, perhaps it's uh, two and a half weeks. We had a really vicious night frost. The magnolia leaves just went black overnight in the wind. I have a magnolia just on this front drive, just in bud. With it'll be about another two weeks before it breaks. Oh, really? Which is great for me because I'm not going to get it frosted this year. No, you're not. And uh, I've never had uh, a season without it getting frosted at some stage. So you've got a good garden as well as a garden centre to look after. I've got too big a garden, Peter, to look after. (laughs) (laughs) I find it it quite difficult to really give it the attention it deserves. Yeah, I can imagine. for all, I'm not at work very much. It's I still have other outside interests called golf. <laughs> One. Now, now I have I haven't fallen to that disease. That's oh, a terrible well, disease. That is, isn't it? Hey? it you can't uh, garden and play golf, you know. It's actually, it was a something I hadn't picked a club. Up, I was about uh, just short of sixty, and my wife put my name down for when I retired because <laughs> the club had a five-year waiting list. I managed to get in quite quickly by offering to hang about a dozen nice hanging baskets for them. Scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. <laughs> well, they won't get better hanging baskets no. than you find at cows, I know that. No, no. Yeah, Alan, it's been great speaking to you. Hope I can see you next week when you come down south for a day so. or two. And I wish you and all your family every success up there in the northeast. Thank you very much indeed, Peter. <laughs> This week I had a query from a GP, very nice lady, who's starting gardening for a first time and wants to grow more of her own uh, vegetables. And she's cleared a bit of land or got somebody to clear it. It was, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 feet high of uh, rough sort of shrub and a bit of bramble and things. And somebody came in with a digger and cleared that. And she now wants to uh, grow veg in the plot. Well, now, if you're trying to grow veg, the first thing to do is to improve the soil. I'm afraid it's going to be a tough job. And even though the diggers um, pulled out all the top growth and some of the stumps, that area is going to want carefully digging at least a spade's depth and a good lot of organic matter dug into it. You know, I got a little plot of land on the top of my garden uh, recently purchased. And it has, I don't know, 20 or 30 years of lawn mowings from the adjacent garden stacked up on that plot. I dug all that in, and I'll tell you, I can't believe the growth. You can never dig in enough organic matter. And if you do, it'll make the soil so much easier to handle and to work, and the crops will grow as you've never seen them before. Next week... I'll be in the thick of the Chelsea Flower Show, the world's finest floral extravaganza. And we'll try and bring some of the stories and the atmosphere and the news from that event. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. (laughs) 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.